but we got Skoranek, we got you know backup tight end, we got yeah. lot, yeah, Van I mean, Jefferson. Like and Van Jefferson's wife is in labor, you know, you know he knew he's like that. I gotta yeah. get done with this game and go. Like you knew what was going down, and it was man. Hey everybody, what's up? Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another edition of the Chop Shop, the post Super Bowl 56 edition. Trey Wingo here with Mark Schlereth and Stink. We're going to need a minute because we just played our last meaningful football game till September. So just one second, okay? Yeah. All right, I'm over it. Uh, so we're all good. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, because there's, I've taken this term from you. We're in the procurement stage of the NFL season. And I tell you what, it is, it's good work if you can get it with free agency and the draft coming along, man. It's going to be awesome. So who cares? It's yeah. going to be wild. Yeah, who cares? It's going to be great. We'll get into, you're right. We are full into the player procurement portion of the season. I love you for that. Yes. Thank you very much. But let's talk about the game. First of all, it delivered. We're looking at well over 100 million viewers across all platforms. Uh, no surprise. The game came down to the wire. Um, and and if just big overview, okay? The first thing I noticed when I look at the Super Bowl, this Super Bowl came down to three things. One, a non-face a mask call on T. Higgins. Two, a P.I. that probably shouldn't have been a P.I. on third and goal on Logan Wilson of the Bengals. And three, the absolute will of Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald to put their team over the top. To me, that sums up the entire game. Yeah, I think that's, I think there are three great observations by you. I, I, I think the other thing for me is... You know, players players really matter, right? You gotta have great players. We all we all know yeah. that you have to have great players. And you see what happened when you go out and get Joe Burrow if you're Cincinnati, you go out and get Jamar Chase if you're Cincinnati, you go out and secure what seven free agents on the defensive side of the ball, from DJ Reader to Trey Hendrickson to like there's a bunch of guys. Mike, Mike Hilton. Hilton, they went out and got Von Bell, you know, they went out and got a bunch of guys, and and that was a big difference maker for them, right? But I think the bottom line is you got to be able to adjust. And I look yeah. at I look at what Raheem Morris did from just a pure coaching standpoint in that second half to the defensive coordinator yes, for the Rams for those yes, that don't know. For yeah. them to go out there and get what six sacks in the second half to put um, just to to put Joe Burrow under duress on a consistent basis. And for those who don't really pay attention or didn't really hear, and I think Chris Collinsworth did a really good job of, of basically pointing it out, but they start getting overloaded to one side. They start bringing pressure from middle linebacker Ernest Jones. They start creating one-on-one -on -one matchups for Aaron Donald, one-on-one -on -one matchups in games for Vaughn Miller. Um, and, and that was really the difference is you made an adjustment in the first half. You said, we're going to try to get there with four. They slid the protection. Cincinnati did a really good job. I think they only gave up one sack in the first half. And then in the third quarter, they had, I mean, they were like six sacks you know, right off the bat. So that was a defensive adjustment by Raheem Morris that I thought was incredible and really gave them a chance to get back into that game after you know they give up the 75-yard touchdown on the face mask that you mentioned in the first play of the uh, of the third quarter. So that was a defensive adjustment they made that was a difference maker for the uh, for the LA Rams. Well, listen, I love the fact that you brought this up because at the end of the day, what we saw in the Super Bowl is a thing that has always been true from the beginning of time when it comes to football to now. If you don't have a line, you cannot win. 
We saw it last year with the decimated Chiefs uh, offensive line and the 31-9 loss to the Bucs in Super Bowl 30, uh, 55. And, and the, at the second half, that, that line for the Bengals, which has been so suspect all season, including the regular season, they, they let Joe Burrow be sacked 70 times. Not hit, sacked 70 times. At the end of the day, their biggest weakness was exposed at the worst possible yeah, time. Yeah, and it's exactly it's exactly here. And this goes back to coaching for me. If you know that's your weakness, how do you mitigate that potential weakness? Yeah. And you, you don't do it oftentimes. Like they they got into a they got into a, a formation in the second half that I thought really paid dividends for them. I think uh, Joe Mixon had a fourteen yard run out of it. They got into kind of a heavy personnel package in what we call heavy West. So it was, you know, right guard, it was center, right guard, right tackle, extra offensive lineman as a tight end, and then two tight ends outside of that. And they ran a gap system and they got a couple of big runs. And I kept saying, Hey man, get back to that because not only are you running the ball well out of that, but what's your play pass off of that? What is the adjunct play action pass that you're going to run off of that that's going to give you, you know, a big chunk play? And they never got back to it. They ran it a couple times in one series and then they got away from it. And that to me was, you know, another, I I just talked about Raheem Morris making some great adjustments on the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. That was a lack of an adjustment or a lack of attacking somebody in something that you set up by the Bengals. And I know offensively they didn't have a ton of plays, but when my running back is averaging almost five yards a carry, I can promise you he's going to get a bunch of extra carries. That's the way it's going to be. Well, not only that, but we, if, you, if you're bringing that up, we have to bring up the fact that I thought the, uh, the Bengals' defensive line and their front seven played outstanding yes. in this game. I mean, they would give it up almost six yards a carry on the ground. And it's almost like they took that personally. And I think Sean McVay's initial game plan here was just run it down their throats. And then they realized that wasn't going to work. So I have to give Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, a ton of credit because I thought they were just going to get gashed on the ground the entire game. And they, the Rams tried to do that. You could tell from early on that was their game plan, and it was not working. So I have to give Lou Anarumo a lot right. of credit for his ability to stop the run in, in a postseason where they couldn't stop right. anybody. And by the way, which I, I love the point, but the counterpoint to that is you're averaging 1.7 yards per carry, 1.9 yards per carry, whatever it was, something like that. And you still gave it to your running backs 23 times, right? Setting up the play action, Correct. which creates make them right, defend which it. Which creates your ability. Obviously, Cooper Cup on the first touchdown was off that play action where guys got lost. They got them in the corner of the end zone. Like all those things matter when it comes to coaching. And ultimately, I thought that Sean McVay learned from the disappointments of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where they only scored three points against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, he learned he did the best job coaching. His staff did a better job than Zach Taylor being there for the first time. And and that was a big difference for me. We have to also point out that that game changed massively when Odell went mm-hmm. down. And, you know, they, they were cruising. We had we had a work through the first three quarters uh, with the great Jim Carr, who was working with me at Caesars when I did this event with uh, with uh, the Mannings on Super Bowl Sunday, is that with Odell in the lineup, and he went down with 254, I think, to go in the, in the first half, they had 180 yards and 13 points. And then after that, through the third quarter, they had a grand total of 60 yards and only three points. So there was a massive adjustment that went in. It was almost like when Robert Woods went down in the regular season and then Odell wasn't up to speed yeah. yet. 
on where he's supposed to be in that offense. And they went through that three-game slide. The third quarter was almost that three-game slide for the Rams where they had to figure something out. And then what I loved most about it, Mark, even though Cooper Cup was double-teamed all the time, basically Matthew Stafford said, F it. And Sean McVay yeah. said, F it. If we're going down, we're going to go down getting the ball into our best our best player's hands, even if he's double-covered, because that's the only way we yeah, can win. Yeah, 100%. And, and I love it. Exactly what you said is 100% true. On that final 15-play drive, it's like, hey, dude, like we got – Skoranek, we got, you know, backup tight end. We got yeah. La- yeah, Van we, Jefferson. Like, and Van Jefferson's wife is in labor. You know, you know, he knew. He's like, man, I got to yeah. get done with this game and go. Like, you knew what was going down, <laughs> and it was, man. It, you know, back in the day, um, I played here in Denver with Gary Zimmerman and Brian Habib, and they played with Jerry Burns as the Minnesota Vikings head coach for a long time, right? Oh, yeah. And Jerry Burns had – Oh, yeah, yeah I remember Jerry. Jerry Burns, old, you know, grizzled old veteran coach, right? And he always used to talk about, he go, he'd always call them the big knockers, right? And uh, he'd say, my big yeah. knockers got to make big plays. You know, it's got to come down to the big knockers. <laughs> he'd always call them the big knockers. And, dude, your big knockers made yeah. the big plays, right? Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup, your two best players made the, the big-time plays when the, when the game was on the line. And I, let's talk about Donald for a second because, God, I hope he doesn't retire oh. uh, just because I would – I mean, look, if he wants to, good for him, happy for him. Every every offensive lineman will be thrilled. But, you know, he's, he's at the pinnacle of his game. And it it's almost like they got mad at him when he shoved uh, Burrow out mm-hmm. of the sideline, uh, out of bounds on the sidelines, and all the all the Bengals came up and started pushing him. I'm like, don't poke right. the bear. Like, what are you doing? Because after that, he's like, oh, really? Right. That's what you want? Fine. Switch activated. Superpowers activated. And he was a wrecking ball from that point uh, dude, on. In the I game. used to say, I used to say it all the time when I was playing. I go, you don't ever want to piss off the guy that you're playing. And I had it, and you and I have talked about. Yeah. It. I called it my pouring honey technique. Right. The first thing yeah. I would do from the yeah. very first play of the game when I was playing against Warren Sapp, or I was playing against Cortez Kennedy, or you know Chester McLaughlin, or John, or John McLaughlin. Randall, or uh, you know, or Reggie White, I would instantly start pouring honey on those oh my god you're playing great man dude you're going straight to the pro bowl <laughs> there's nobody that can block you i mean it's just unbelievable on film dude you're unblockable it's just amazing you know and i just hopefully pour enough honey on them to where they're just stuck in their spot looking at their own glory you know and then and then you have a fighting chance against that guy i don't want to piss anybody off i don't i want them to be so happy yeah. to play against me um, and so like, I, I was the same thing. Don't, don't poke the bear. Don't get him mad. Don't, don't, don't give him extra. That dude doesn't need extra motivation. The other thing that I always find funny, we do this a lot and people are looking at the fourth down play where he basically ended the game by pressuring Burrow and people are looking at the video I'm like, Oh my God, Jamar Chase was wide open. Like it's irrelevant. It, he could have been, he could have been like no one within 30 yards of him. Burrow had no chance. So like, cool that he was open, but this is why protection right. matters because there was zero chance he was ever going to see that play because Donald was in his face in a second yeah, and a half. It's the same thing that you got on the first fourth down and one that they went for in their first drive, which yeah. to me, like this is where analytics is not complete. And you know, um, yeah. and where it's not complete is I ask people all the time, they're like, well, that's what the analytics tells you to do. Well, that that's fine. That's great. I'm, I'm glad that analytics tells you yeah. what to do there. But have you ever come off your own goal line as an offensive player 
and understand how limited your playbook is. So I would ask you, what's more, what's more likely, converting on fourth down and one from your own 50, 49, whatever it was, or taking a, yeah. taking a ball 92 yards for a touchdown drive? Like, so, yeah. and, and when you're coming off the end zone, what you have to understand is you probably eliminate, like if you're inside the 10-yard line, you're eliminating 45, 55% of your offensive playbook. So now you're really yep. condensed on what you can do, what you can't do, and it just makes it so much easier on the defense. So those are the things that I always look at when people are like, like as soon as they got in that fourth down in one situation on that first drive, I'll go punt it, put them, pin them down deep. Yep. And, you know, and you get a lot of, a lot of pushback on that stuff. But I thought that, that, and they short field, boom, touchdown, you're down seven. I thought that was, you know, a classic for me coaching mistake in a big time, in a big moment of the game. Like the, the, the error on the side of aggressiveness but understand time and place. And I don't think that was the time nor the place for me personally. No. And I understand it makes, it makes sense because um, you know, I think people, we get in this, like just go for it at all times mode. I'm like, yeah. hold on a minute now. Let's, let's sort of figure out what we're doing here. Uh, I'm to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about the future of both these teams going into 2022 regular season and beyond. This is the chop shop, Super Bowl 56 edition. We're coming right back. All right, so now we're looking at what happens next, right, to these teams. I mean, Sean McVay becomes the youngest head coach to win the Lombardi Trophy. There were reports that he's going to, you know, go do broad. I can't imagine that he's no. leaving. I just, I, I mean, if he does, I mean, stranger things have happened, I guess, but I can't imagine that'll be the case. So let's take a look at both of these teams. Um, the Rams have some interesting things ahead of them. First and foremost, do we think Aaron Donald's actually going to retire? No, no. Well, I mean, you're still the best player in the National Football League. The best player, like, and, yeah. and you've said it before, and I have, uh, you know, I have taken this comment and run with it. There is no greater chasm between number one and number two. You know, the best defensive tackle in football, yeah. which is Aaron Donald, and number two. You can't see yeah. from where Aaron Donald stands. You you can't make out who number two is. You're like, who is that way back there? Yeah. That like, there's no other position yeah. that the separation is that great. It's like the old line. Uh, you're so far away, the line is a dot yeah. to you. You can't yeah. see it. That's that's how he's better at his position by a greater margin than any other player is over any other player at their position in the NFL. So I don't think he's going to retire either. I mean, if he does, God bless him. I don't think he does. All right, the Rams have some questions though. What are they going to do with Von Miller? Can they afford to keep Von Miller? Can they afford to keep uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? I think they can afford to keep Odell, especially you know, sadly for him, since he's coming off an, another torn ACL. So. I think I think the I, the odds of Odell staying there are pretty good. I don't know about Von Miller though. Yeah, I don't know about Von Miller either. And it comes down to this. I mean, Von Miller. Um, it just depends on where you are. Von Miller had so much success coming down the stretch. Von Miller right now. Do you know that that he is tied with Charles Haley for the most sacks in Super Bowl history at four and a half. Charles Haley played in five yep. Super Bowls. Von has done it in two Super Bowls. He was the first of right. five rings. He was the first of so, five rings. The the point being this is I believe Aaron Donald come back like you. You've got, you know, Leonard Floyd yeah. on the other side. You've got, I mean, you've got a really good defense. Your defensive coaching staff, for the most part, looks like they're going to come back. And Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator. Like, unless somebody blows you away 
with a ridiculous contract, why would you not want to come back yeah. and try to run it back? Like you're going to have to take a yeah. like well, you'll have to take a bit of a hometown discount, but you're in LA and you're going to have a chance to win a championship with a great coaching staff and a place you love to be. Like I think they've got a chance to get yeah. Von Miller re-signed. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think the Rams are going to be as long as McVay and Donald stay. I think the Rams are going to be in good shape to contend for the Super Bowl mm-hmm. the next year. Then there's the Bengals, who I think had one of the most remarkable two-year turnarounds in the history of the NFL. I mean, think about it. In 2020, of April 2020, they had the number one pick in the draft because they sucked, and in two less in two seasons later, they were playing for the championship, which would have been remarkable had they won it. I have concerns about the Bengals' long-term future. And I want to be clear. I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Mixon. I love T. Higgins, Boyd, and obviously Jamar Chase. And the defense had some players that we talked about. But, Mark, you can't just go find four new offensive linemen. I mean, technically you can. The Chiefs did, and it worked out this this past season. But it's really hard to do. And I worry about Joe Burrow's long-term career health when we're talking about a guy who was sacked 70 times this year coming off a year where he tore his ACL the year before. Yeah, and it, there was a minute in that game where I thought he was going to tear another one. I mean, it was uh, – Yeah, late yeah, in the fourth so quarter. Yeah. I, I'm 100% with you. you got to win the line of scrimmage. And, um, and, you know, the best coaches – I mean, they're bad. Their offensive line is an average. Their, their offensive they're, line is they're bad. They're very bad. And, you know, and part, of, and part of it is like when you are that bad, you have to find a way to mitigate potential disasters. You can't allow your quarterback to get sacked yeah. 70 times in the course of a season. And and we've seen this. Like we've seen quarterbacks that have potential to be good to that, that absolutely get ruined. Like a guy like Patrick Ramsey in Washington back in the day when Spurrier was the coach or David Carr with the Houston Texans. I mean, you get hit that many times. The most remarkable thing about Joe Burrow is he still doesn't flinch. He'll still stand, you know, what we always say, stand down, stare down the gun barrel and step up and take one of the teeth. And he still right. does it. But there's only so long that you can do that. There's only so many of those hits you can take. There's only so many times where you can get pummeled, where you don't start to get you know, you don't start to speed up your mechanics. You don't start to – your eyes don't start to drop and look at the rush as opposed to, you know, the coverage. And um, how long – How if you can't fix that, I'm sorry. You're just not going to be – you're just not going to be viable long term. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is, look, they all say, you know, we're a young team. We'll be back. History says it's not that easy, yeah. man. You know, the Rams prove you can lose Super Bowl and come back relatively shortly, Super Bowl 53. 56. Um, but I look at the AFC. Mahomes and the Chiefs are still going to be there. Josh Allen and the Bills are still going to be there. Justin Herbert and, and the Chargers are going to be there. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, I think they're getting better than they were last year. I don't think they're getting yeah. worse. Um, I, I just, I, you know, and I hate to say this for Bengals fans because they waited 30 plus years to get back to the Super Bowl. I just don't know if it's going to be as easy as some people think it is. Look, this was a weird season for the Bengals. Like, it's kind of fluky. Let's just be honest about it. You know, in every one of their playoff games, it came down to the wire. But normally, good teams win one-possession games or one-score games. So I understand that. I respect that. I have real concerns about whether or not the Bengals, as they're presently constructed with that offensive line, can hold up long-term against the, the top of the AFC right now, which is so tough. Right, and, and you would say, I mean, you mentioned Lamar and, and, and the Baltimore. They're going to be better. Yeah, the, the Cleveland Browns, I mean – 
They played the whole season with a quarterback with a torn labrum in his left shoulder. So Baker Mayfield will be back. He'll be better. Right. You know how talented they are. That division isn't going to get any easier. It's going to get tougher. And I'm with you. You know, we won in Washington. We won a Super Bowl um, after the 91 season. Many consider it the most dominant Super Bowl team in the history of the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's still ranked in one of the top three or four teams. Yep. Top five offense, top five defense, top five special teams, or top ten of all three. Like, I think it's one of the only Super Bowl teams in history that had that. I was a, a third-year player, third-year Pro Bowl player for Washington at that point, and I thought to myself, man, we're going to go to the Super Bowl a bunch. By the time 92 yeah. rolled around, we were in the playoffs, but we had a bunch of injuries. 93, we were a three-win team, I think. I mean, it, it went that yeah. quickly. And, and, and Washington hasn't been back since 1991. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it seems feasible. Are you going to pay the players? Will Mike Brown pay the guys the, the requis requisite salaries that are, are going to be required for those guys who become – Historically, historically, no, it says right. no on that front. By the way, right. let's be let's be so, obvious. I mean, yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. The biggest the biggest portion of that, though, to me, is can you protect your quarterback long term? And and if you can't, if the answer to that is, hey, we're okay giving up seventy sacks, well, then be okay being a non playoff team for the next thirty years again. Yeah, I, that that has to be addressed. We'll see how it works. I just the AFC is so top heavy, and I listen. I mean, think, think how hard it is. The Chiefs just hosted four straight AFC championship games. First team to ever host four straight conference championship games. And they only made it to two Super Bowls and only won right. one of them. So it's not easy. I mean, everyone says we'll be back until like Matt, Matt Ryan was an MVP in Super Bowl 51. Uh, not in the Super Bowl, but that season. If Falcons haven't sniffed it since. You know, Dan Marino went his second year and never went back. It's not that easy. So uh, I just, I, I hope that the Bengals can figure it out. I'm not feeling it really strong right. long term. You know what I am feeling? You. I'm feeling you, Thank big you. boy. I feel you. you. And, and uh, this this has been a lot of fun all season long, and uh, we're going to do it again next year. Tip of the cap to you, Likewise. my friend. Uh, do what it is you have to do, and, and we will talk soon, okay? Okay. Go hit him straight.